0: This episode of Reasonably Spontaneous Conversation is brought to you by In Search of the New Compassionate Mail. For more information, go to newcompassionatemail.com. Hello, world. It's me, Dennis. And today I'm here with Damo Hardaway. Is that Hardaway?
1: It is. It is. It is.
0: All right. Like Anthony?
1: Yeah. Fun fact we are uh, cousins, we're we're distant. Um, I, I have a. I have the the pleasure of having actually an older father when I was born in 36. Yeah. So, um, Penny and I have the same great grandparents. How cool. Now, did you, you grew up where? I grew up in San Antonio. It was a split. I spent about the first uh, 12 years of my life in San Antonio, Texas. Yeah. When um, I'm, I'm actually a military brat. So um, if any San Antonio and uh, <laughs> I want to on this, uh, my mom worked at um, at Kelly Base, Yep. She ended up closing down um, my early childhood. So around 12, 13, we moved from San Antonio, actually, to Oklahoma City, and cool. she started working for Tinker. Wow. So I, I, I spent out uh, my middle school years and my high school years in Oklahoma.
0: All right. You graduated from high school when?
1: Uh, 2011.
0: What, what was your political consciousness at that time? What did, who, who were you, Damo? And tell me, tell me about him. Describe him and, and, and who you were and who you thought you were doing and doing on the planet. Because you've gotten so involved in politics. You've really gotten a chance to get into activism and all. But how did that start? How was, what was that around when you were graduating from high school?
1: Um, I, I was, I think I was comfortable. Um, I had the benefit of having, um, two parents who were very active citizens. Mm -hmm. Um, my, so my dad was born in 1936. So he, so he he remembers, you know, a large portion of his life when he couldn't actively vote. My, my, My dad would talk about how um, he didn't have access to certain things until he was in his mid thirties. My mom, who was born in the sixties, her birth certificate her birth certificate actually says colored on it. So wow. that the context of that childhood, you become an understanding, active citizen, but also you have the benefit of um, understanding where we've come. Yeah. Um, Because I had so many privileges that my parents didn't just because of when I was born. So at 18, that's actually graduate high school at 17. But 17, 18, going into college, um, after going to a predominantly white high school, I moved from, I can tell you, growing up on the east side of San Antonio and then leaving out of that, going into slightly rural Oklahoma is a big culture shock, culture difference. I can imagine, and what was that? What was that
0: like, Damo? And how how did you maintain your cultural identity?
1: I didn't. I, I, I didn't. I lost it. Um, so I am both black and Latino. My mom's half Latino. Um, yeah. So in growing up in San Antonio, it's a it's a real blend of it. Oh, it's such a melting pot in San Antonio. You know it, 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 exactly, and and you almost. I can tell you, I didn't understand what it was to truly be. A minority until I moved that along. Um, I didn't, I didn't really truly understand racism in context. Um, yeah. Like you, like it was, it was almost taught to me like it's taught to other people. But when you're thirteen, fourteen, uh, black and brown in rural Oklahoma, you learn what racism is pretty quickly, and you adapt to it. So at seventeen, I think that I was someone who was comfortable. I mm-hmm. um, understood the privileges that I had that had kind of adapted to racism and I was off to go to Oklahoma State University and figure out how to make some money. I wanted to be an yep. attorney at the time, not a civil rights attorney or sure. I wanted to do big law and you know, I wanted to wear the suits and drive the cars and I right. think it was my college experience that actually um Gave me the development. It made me in many ways who I am today.
0: Then did you have all right. So your college experience and really at OSU understanding did, did your political consciousness change? Did you begin to evolve at that time? What was influencing you?
1: It, it was out a necessity. So um I'm I, going to Oklahoma State, which is um referred to as a predominantly white institution. Um I was actually at Oklahoma um at Oklahoma State at the same time as um, when we were having nooses hung um uh on our campus. Um there was a there was a video. This was this was at the start of when social media was really started to pick up. So you started to see viral videos of individuals being racist on campus, people doing blackface. Um, uh, I, I was a, uh, I was a junior, and I had actually just joined um, a fraternity um, around the same time that that video at OU, which was down the highway from us, uh, SAE, where they were there on that bus chanting, "There'll never be a nigger SAE." Oh, um, so, and when that happens, and you're at this predominantly white institution, it ain't nothing but 17 student leaders that 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 are of my color. Um, So I sat on SGA boards, um, not even because it was the, you know, the political things to do, which is a position to hold because it looked good on my resume. Um, I was a member of different organizations for the resume boost, not to do the activism. But when something happens now, I'm thrust in this position. So what do we do now? And it was. The necessity of if I don't speak up for my people or people that look like me, if I'm not an advocate, if I'm not a defendant of of, of my folks in this situation, literally no one else will. So I agree. But that was also a
0: choice because you could have still said, well, you know, that's nice, but I'm going to go get my my law degree. I'm going to make my million. I'm going to put that up and then I'll get involved if I have time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I which I, I think in some ways that goes back to how I was raised. Like I was raised as, and even to this day, I don't consider myself a political. I don't consider myself an activist. I just think mm-hmm. I'm a very active citizen. I remember You're a when we,
0: citizen. I, like, For God's sakes, we're citizens.
1: Exactly. Um, like I remember when Barack Obama left office, a lot of people asked him, what are you going to do? You just you were just president. You just just lead a three world. What's your next thing? And his response was, I'm going to do the most important job I can do, which would be a citizen. And I think that if all of us took that, that same perspective and just focused on being citizens, this country would be in a lot better space. And also with that being said, this country needs to do a better job of allowing us to be that. But that might be a, a separate conversation.
0: All right. So you now you come back to Texas, right? <laughs> and then how do you get involved with the Democratic Party? How do you get involved in elections and get involved in this this push for democracy? Because one thing that is clear to any of us that are paying attention is that de- the democracy is under Threat in ways that we could not not have predicted before, and and that uh, our elections have been thrown into question mm-hmm. uh, enough to where and voter suppression laws laws that are that are completely unnecessary and do not are are being shoved down on us. So all of that's happening. How do you enter into this?
1: Yeah. So so in undergrad, I majored in economics. So I I graduated from Oklahoma State with with an econ degree, can't find a job. um, And I ended up um, not working in my field initially. So um, I relocated back to Texas finally after two years of looking for a job. And I I felt unfulfilled at work because I wasn't doing pricing. I wasn't doing strategy. Um, I ended up being really interested in development economics in undergrad. Um, And I just felt like I wasn't using my skills. Um, So like anyone my age, I started tweeting a lot. I started using social media um, to take concepts that I thought were seemingly complex, but truthfully weren't. They were just overly jargonized or they were being gatekept. I wanted to start breaking down these concepts like what capitalism is, what um, you know, socialism is, but that 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 was a hot button thing around 2018. They were calling all Democrats radical socialists, um, and, and I wanted to be able to really fight disinformation via social media, specifically from an economic perspective, and that really snowballed into me becoming a pseudo political pundit. Um, on social media, and that put me in a position where I can have conversations with amazing politicians, amazing leaders, um, and hosting media-esque outlets. Um, I have branded um, my my media company uh, called Keep It Simple. And the whole idea is taking things that are complex and breaking it down in its simplest form. Um, And we discuss stuff, like I said, like politics. Um, We had a very interesting discussion on the filibuster um, and, and really taking people through political strategy, political gamesmanship. Um, I now work in comms. I've worked in comms for two candidates. Um, and now I am doing this partnership with Powered by People, which, um, is a better works organization folks in Texas where we do some communications on, um, democracy. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's my ability to take, like I said, and I always say seemingly, because I always say this stuff is nowhere near as complicated as it seems. It's just written in a way where it's supposed to be. Um, it was written in a way where, it's suppo- where people were not supposed to be able to understand the jargon because they don't want you to. And I say they loosely.
0: Thank you. We have we, we we're we at the summer and there's a wonderful lawn person outside. So I'm muting uh, from <laughs> in between times just so that the so that we're in between the, the yeah. mo's. So keep doing that. Keep doing that since Renee isn't going to be able to to come on screen, our director. All right. So here's what I'm asking. So you you know that this is happening and you know that this is is. What what attracted you to this particular organization?
1: Um, I, I think again necessity. I, I I I remember the day Trump won, um, and I was actually still in Oklahoma at the time. I was uh, looking for jobs to move back home. Yeah, um, and I remember going to sleep thinking, "Oh man, you know it doesn't look good, but there's no way it'll realistically occur." And I woke up, and it felt like the earth shattered a little bit. Yeah. Um, And I was dejected. And I spent those next two years, the first two years of that presidency, almost in a rage. Frustrated, angry, um, depressed, frankly. Um, And then I moved back to Texas, finally. Um, Right. uh, in, In the summer of 2018. Um, and my my significant other name is Linda. She's actually sitting over there looking at me right now um, I, I, I'm at her family's Who <laughs> he, he waved um, I, I, I'm at her family's house um, And uh, her family has a Beautiful home in, in, in Plano, uh, Plano right. um And she says yo there, There's this person who's running for Shinnett. Um His name's Beto and he's doing a, a Speech at um, at Legacy West Which is maybe three minutes down the road I'm like, okay hey let's go Um, why not? Let's see it, see what it is. And we actually couldn't get to see him because that's how huge the crowd was.
0: Yep.
1: And we stand outside, we take a picture with a Beto lawn sign, (laughs) and and we bought some buttons. And from that moment, I started following his career. And I'll say the, the thing that Inspired me to be where I am, and then you know, fast forward later, three years later, I'm. I, I get to talk to him multiple times a day. I yep. get to assist in some of the live events. I get to volunteer with the organization. I get to do voter engagement, voter registration, et cetera. I think the thing that as, as we as, as I as I look back on that 2018 moment, it is a little bit of hope yeah. that sparked. A little bit of blue in a red state that I think will be the change we want it to be. Um, driving all across the state, um, having town halls, shaking hands, listening—it uh, more than you speak. Um, you know, s- since 2018, I have worked for a decent amount of politicians doing either political policy advisement or uh, communications writing and comms messaging. Absolutely. And I can say, um, they don't make them like Beto. Um,
0: Never known anyone like him. I've studied politicians and I've studied people who are activists and I do not know. I mean, Stacey Abrams has a has my undying admiration, but, but, um georgia's a lot smaller
1: mm-hmm.
0: than texas just geographically and the hill feels higher the the the, the scale going up the uphill seems an, a greater Although she proved it in in Georgia that it could happen, it just seems like it's a it's a it's a steep hill, Damo. And 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 can you break it down for me? Break it down into into a way that I can understand it, in a way that I can keep my 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 enthusiasm because we we have we're having to do it now. We cannot wait.
1: Well, 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 well I think the thing that should make you. Um to keep your enthusiasm and give you some hope is that work is actively being done. I, w- I would say, number one, we obviously need um, Congress to pass that for the People Act um, and get us some sort of reauthorization on the John Lewis Voting uh, Rights Act. But that aside, um, w- what I see, so earlier I said I'm a Congress. Um, the, the thing I actually specialized in was um, development. So yes. whether it's you know, a small, as small as a city block or a neighborhood is up to an entire continent. How do you develop something? Yes. And, and the thing they always teach us on day one is it's actually infrastructure. So anytime you want to grow something, you want to change something, before you come in with your bright ideas and you know, your pitching, you're selling, the very first thing you need to build is actually infrastructure. And I think that's the thing that that Stacey Abrams showed the world and showed America is you have to build on infrastructure, right? And I think that. What I'm seeing from from Power by People, from the Texas Democratic Party, from from Beto, from all these organizations, is they're taking that cue and they're building out infrastructure throughout this state. Right. And, and, and I think what makes us so interesting is that our leaders are really listening to us now. Um, I, I was saying earlier, um, I have worked for different politicians before, and, and I volunteered for different politicians before, but I've never truly had an opportunity where I can say something, I can make a suggestion. And I feel like I'm truly being heard and I can see the results and, and, and I and listen to. And that's not something that generally occurs. Generally it's yo, come take direction, come do et cetera, and boom. Um, and that's not what Watch, I'm seeing yeah. today. <laughs> exactly. You well know, what I'm seeing today is hey, hot, hey how do I reach out, how do I reach out to the black community? And they're asking people from the black community, what do you need? Hey, how do I reach out to to the Latino community? And you have people from the Latino community saying, hey, this is what we need, and so on and so forth. And I think that's what should give people hope. That's what should make people optimistic is that we as a community are finally understanding that, yo, we're not the same. We're not gonna do everything. But if we come together, we listen to each other. We can find some middle ground and and, and, and progress and flip this state blue. But we have to listen to each other, and exactly. that's that's what should give people hope. But we still need that for the people. <laughs>
0: yes, and and it concerns me rather than talking. Well, while, while I would really love to see that happen. I'm really concerned about the filibuster that, that it's not going to, that Manchin and Cinema are not going to the two senators, uh, who, uh, who are saying that they will not do anything to modify this, uh, for just for this. Is there something we can get through? Can, can the John Lewis, can we get back to preclearance? That uh the idea that that in order to change election laws, you have to be able to uh you have to be able to run it through the Justice Department before you can do uh, an unnecessary change to your election laws.
1: Yeah, I, I think that there's some middle ground to be found here. Um I've always been of the mindset of when it comes to politics where there's smoke, there's probably gonna be fire. Yeah, um, that's just kind of always been my thing. I think that we've been discussing this for a long time. Um and also you can say whatever you want about Joe Manchin, and I got a lot to say about him. And same thing about cinema, but um, they're not stupid. They're smart. God no, they, they understand. And, and I think, in many ways, that there's some. I, I think that there's some political gamesmanship being played. And I don't even necessarily believe that's a bad thing because here's the thing: um, if you just run rough shot through that darn filibuster day one the other side of the aisle is going to be able to come out and scream oh the democrats didn't even try they didn't do this they one party rule they'll be able to to do that signaling and while it's first trading hey that might work for some folks and you might end up losing some of your majority you might end up losing some of your power and then they can ro- and then they can roll everything back what you do so what i what i personally think is happening is that you're seeing a little bit of political gamesmanship, and i think that it's on on us as a people to continue to push the envelope forward um and in doing so we'll get some kind of reform but i'll say this i don't think joe manchin makes the moves that he makes unless he a has 10 votes in his pocket to do something yeah. um, i think that there is some sort of compromise i'm i'm more than willing to give up a little bit to get a lot sure. um and i think that there is some sort of logic on some side of the Republican now and it might it may pain me to say that yeah. as a super Democrat, um, but, but but there there has to be has to be something we can come to. And yeah. and I also say this: I'm more than willing to give it a little bit more time and a little bit more of a try. And, and, and with Mansion, hey, we're we're gonna give you a little bit of space. You go see if you can give me ten votes for something that's uh that works, and if not. That I think it's on, you know, the Schumers of the world um, of, of Durbin, who is the majority whip at the moment, uh, of, of bite uh, of President Biden and Vice President uh, Kamala Harris to to as, you know, senior members of the Democratic Party um, come in and, and put pressure on Manchin to change that vote. But I think before you do that, OK.
0: Run all your plays, make sure that we're gonna cover your cover our bases, do the Popovich. Popovich, uh Greg Popovich, for people that don't okay. don't know him, uh, he tells you to run the system. Make sure you run the system, get to your place, be in the open. And this is this is what why one of the reasons why I admire him so much. And here's the thing i'm i am a centrist democrat and a capitalist this is my this is my, the place where i live i live here and so but as i talk to my friends who are far more uh, far more uh uh social it's not socialistic they're not socialistic they're just they're just far more liberal you yeah, they're far more far more liberal than i am and feel like that there are more more of the of the uh, governmental solutions and the thing, but but we can play, we can play here in this space. And so the place where I want to play, where, where I believe that we can do is that we can we can go forward, we can build this coalition. But what do you say to to the progressive to uh, the progressive wing to to be patient because your pragmatism, Damo, is wonderful. I it is it is a pragmatism that is that is without. Uh, what I love about your pragmatism is it's a pragmatism with purpose. Uh, there is, you are, you are doing this, you are doing this for a reason. It has, it's not, it's not just a, a, a retrograde game to, you know, just to keep it out. You're actually doing it because that's the way the game has to work.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I I would say to them is, and I say this to them because first I'm one of them. I'm probably about as crazy as a liberal as you can get. I just understand how the system works. Um, and, and, And what I would say to them is this, hey, this is the situation we got. This is the system we have. And I don't always agree with it, but I'll say this It's probably better than any system that's available in the world. Um, And and we can discuss whether or not you think that's a good thing or not, but it's what we got. So um, you have to move through it Um, to to use a rap line. The great poet Jay Z said, um, you know, I'm going to teach you how to move through a room full of vultures. I think in many ways the um, the idea of a representative democracy means that, hey, everyone's going to be represented, even people who are bad, even people suck. Even people that are hateful, even people that you I categorically disagree with you, but I don't necessarily believe that you shouldn't have representation. Now, do I think that you should have power? Do I think that you should have the ability to do certain things? Absolutely not. But I have to but we have to be able to move through, like I said, to quote the great poet Jay-Z, a room full of voters. So exactly. let me show you how to do that. Let me show you how to use this system to leverage for your benefit. Let me show you how to, how to use the system to help your people, people that look like you, people that align with you. Let me show you, you do it without alienating folks, because at the end of the day, um, I, I have a really smart friend of mine who actually works on the Hill. Um, I, won't, I won't say who he works for, but, but, he, but he tells me all the time, hey, at the end of the day, it's all about getting 50 votes plus one. Well, and that's about whatever you believe in. So if you believe in a woman's right to choose, hey, what do I got to do to get fifty plus votes on one? Yeah. If you believe in, in 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 marriage equality, what do I got to do to get fifty votes plus one? If you believe in 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 expanding Medicaid. Um, so you can get more individuals uh, insured. You believe in a UBI, even going to the really far left stuff, UBI, reparations, yep. uh, um, so expanding social, whatever. How yep. do I get to 50 votes plus one? Mm-hmm. And, in, and, and, and in that process, you're going to have to make some concessions. I'm okay with giving a little to get a lot. I'm okay we're trading this for that as long as we're negotiating in good faith. And I'm actually getting some out of it. And if you oh, want to be in good faith with me, then at that point, all right, get this filibuster out of here. and push sure. the sure. All
0: right. Let me ask you something. I, I just read yesterday that there is an organization in Texas that that is that is pushing this working. So I'm asking your communications questions. Since mm-hmm. Both of us are in communications and they've broken it down into the messaging is workers wages and weed Has <laughs> that so that they're saying that that's it that's our messaging and we're just oh, going to yeah. keep pounding that we're going to keep pounding
1: that hey that, um that's that's great um i'll say this i, I think that the thing that uh, i have another friend of mine that that, that calls um donald trump uh 46 minus one. She won't actually refer to him as that. But I think the thing that you can learn from 46 minus one to, to borrow um, yep. a friend of mine is that me- that simple messaging that's repeatable works. So I, I-, I won't say if that's the one that I-, that-, that I would love 100%, but hey, I'm not against it. But I think we're getting to a point where hey, we, we-, we got to sharpen up our messaging. We have to simplify it in some ways. And we also need to understand. That the messaging that's gonna to appeal to me and my base might not be the same messages that's gonna to appeal to you and your base. And we need to understand that it's okay to be targeted. The way I sell the Democratic Party in South Dallas is not gonna be the way it's sold in North. It's not and but but here's the thing: you you know the 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 the, the voters of the democratic voters of flugerville also need the Democratic voters of DeSoto. Thank you. And we need to be able to allow each other to say whatever they need to say to sell whatever they need to sell, as long as it's not completely clashing, as long as we're still respecting people's identities, Absolutely. people's races, people's, you know, uh, how they identify on, on the spectrum of uh, LGBTQ, as long as we're respectful, but it's okay for you to say, hey, I'm a, I'm a centrist Democrat that believes in capitalism, and it's okay for someone who is crazy radical mm-hmm. in downtown Austin to say, yeah. I'm a socialist as B, and we're both a member of the party, exactly. because- we both know we need each other to move forward, yep. and 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 I, I, meet you and I can discuss. I, I, I would consider myself a socialist. You can, you and I can can disagree on economics all day, but yep. I'd rather disagree with you on economics than argue with a Nazi. Exactly. And, and, and that's where we have to be as a party and understand that our differences actually will probably make us stronger as opposed to the infighting we have here, and we're allowing Nazis to run to, to run into our capital
0: absolutely and th- this is this is where i'm because i feel that the, that d- democracy is hard it is. it's a hard business an autocracy is much easier to run it's much easier because you don't need you you don't need to be able to build coalitions and do Mm -hmm. the hard work that 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 it is but but it is also based upon the fact that people i one of the things that i love about democracy and the thing that i love about being a capitalist is is that i believe in the concept called enlightened Mm self-interest i can get the best for me by bringing out the best in you synergy one plus one is greater than two that if I can lift you up It's going to lift me up. It's going to lift all of us up. So I want that early childhood education because I want those kids getting out there and doing the best that they can, uh, the the absolute uh, best that they can, having the greatest opportunity. Why? Because I'm a capitalist, because that's the best system that could possibly do to get them out there and make sure that that playing field is level, Mm -hmm. that they get an opportunity to have. I mean, my God, when, when I was growing up, Damo, I saw colored drinking fountains, colored restrooms, white restrooms. I'm old enough at 73 to know, to actually have seen this from the white privileged side. So I got a chance to see that. I want everyone to experience what I had when I was growing up never worried about whether or not there was going to be a meal on the table, never worried about whether or not the rent was going to be paid at the end, uh, had to worry about going to school, uh, a privileged school if I needed to go to school. When I got in trouble, I got sent to military school because I was able to, because my parents were able to afford it. And so I want other people to have the same kind of privileges that I have. Then let's look at the system.
1: No, listen, listen. listen I, I I fully agree, and and I think, and, and I'll say this. So you know, to go back a little bit of hope. Um, I, I mean, we, we, we've heard we've heard the quote. Um, you know, the, the arc, the, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it, but it bends. You well. Know, right um but, but the thing that generally speaking is is, is uh, misunderstood about that quote is you know, the rest of it says that it doesn't, it doesn't do it naturally. Like, like like you have to bend it yourself you have to grab on it you have to yank on it and it's the responsibility of every generation um to to your point to desire that um that I want everyone to have what I have um and, or I want no one to experience what I experience whatever it is exactly. Um and, and, and to force that that moral bend to continue to move because it won't do it on its own um yeah I stand here on the shoulders of great people that came yep. before me. I, I stand here with the privileges that great people who came before me um, accomplished more while having less to work with. So who am I not to do what I can do to make sure that the next generation um, has everything that, that 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 I had and more? Um, and, and I think that's what what it's about. I, I think that. It's about doing whatever you can do, because because I'll never see equality from this macro perspective more than likely. Um, but, but 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 my parents' generation knew that they would never see it. My, exactly. my, my, my dad was born in 1936. My great, great grandparent uh, parent was a slave. Uh, Born into it and decided to live because they had a desire that their children or grandchildren would see freedom one day. So who am I coming from that being being from that lineage to not fight to not push. To to not have a desire to live, survive, and thrive. So maybe one day, my kids, my grandkids, et etc., can live a life where they're not where they're not they don't fear for their life when they're around police, when they you know are paid at an equal rate, etc. And, and and I think that is possible, and I think we're closer. Um, it's just about continuing to try to make it better for the next generation.
0: I, I think about that as the uh, as the uh, the people that built the cathedrals, they knew back in the back in the uh, in the um, dark ages and during, and before that, when they were building a cathedral, they knew that they weren't going to see the end of it. They were going to be putting just those those stones down. But it, but unless they did that, that cathedral would never have been finished.
1: I love that because that's how it is. I, I, I don't do what I do for me. I, I do what I do for the next generation. And and hopefully and hopefully they'll be able to benefit from it.
0: And one of the things I, I know that one of the, uh, the, the on your on your profile that you identified as a Christian, mm-hmm. and 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 having that and that's one of the things that I want to hold all all of our brethren to, is the principles of Jesus and the, those principles. Cause if we, if we look back at that, if we take the religiosity out of it and really just go back to what the principles are. And if we live by that, if we live by those principles, we can truly have a, a, a society that, that has uh, a justice to it and a kindness and, and actually being able to see people as ourselves and through our own, through, through those eyes.
1: Yeah, I, I always say, um, you, you know, when I when I write my bios, I try to always write them with a very specific order. Um, actually, let me pull mine up, and um, so so I can read it. Um, you know, the, the very first thing I am is a Christian, um, and, and, and and in that, everything is kind of foundationally built off of. Yeah, um, and, and you're right. I think that if we, uh, I think we have a lot of Christians who. Um, have not read the Bible in proper context, uh, who maybe have not read the Bible fully at all. Yeah. Um, I think you have a lot of Christians who do not study the Bible. Um, they, you know, listen to sermons, um, play worship songs. Um, and, and that's not even said so they don't have a relationship with Christ. They just, you know, potentially have not studied his word thoroughly because sure. you can see it in, in, in their actions. Um, I don't know how you can be a Christian and hate immigrants. Um, I don't know how you can be a Christian and 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 think that you have control over people's bodies. I don't understand how you can be a Christian and not um, view a woman um, a- as your equal. I don't understand how you can be a Christian and you be a dominant leader, not a servant leader, because Christ was a servant leader. Remember, um, you know, he, he he washed feet. Yep. Um, you know, re- remember that was how he showed leadership. Yeah. You know? um, it, it wasn't from leading from the front you know people people he
0: he always taught he always taught by by doing first so he said all right all right here I'll, i'll do i'll do it first i'll demonstrate the i'll demonstrate the walk and then you can go ahead and do it i mean he did not send anyone out to do anything that he wasn't willing to do
1: first yeah, I mean I, I, I think that's the beauty of Christ. I think that is the wisdom of Christ. I think and I think that's the love of Christ. I, I don't understand how you can be a Christian and not truly love your neighbor with action. Um, exactly. I, I don't understand. How you can be a Christian and have the vitriol and the hate. I don't understand no. how you can be that and, and 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 scream obscenities to people. I've got. I, I get extremely angry at people who do horrible, horrible <laughs> things, and I won't like I don't. I don't curse. But 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 <laughs> if you have that conviction in your soul, whenever you get through, cousin, I don't understand how you can consider yourself a Christian. Yeah. Um, and, and I challenge any individual who considers in that or considers themselves a Christian that that, that hates other folks, uh, whether it's because of their religion, whether it's because of their sexuality, whether it's because of their perspective on economics, on family, etc. I, I challenge you to, to truthfully read read the Word. What would Christ say? What, what what do Paul's letters say? You know what? Even what does the Old Testament say? Yep. Um, be, be, because the Bible I read teaches tolerance, love. Um, all
0: the way through, and that that is the theme. And you can take that theme, and because we have to look at it thematically, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can take any three or four words out of a particular context, but if you can read something and do critical thinking and look at it thematically, you can you cannot arrive at any other con- uh, any other conclusion that we're mm-hmm. all created equal, that we're all children. They're not grandchildren. They're not step children we are all children of this loving higher power
1: and, and i'm a gentile so I, so i i definitely need some grace
0: <laughs> All right. damo thank you so much for spending time with me and for taking time out of your day mm-hmm. and for uh for doing this this is a this is this is a a a, a wonderful time and you've inspired me. And what I want to know is, the last thing I want to know is, all right, now I'm here in Pflugerville and I'm here in a neighborhood and I walk out and I, and I, every time I see someone on the street, I go, are you registered? Please register. Please take someone to vote who has, who's never voted before. Have you done that? That's a hard thing to do the first time. Go to, I just, I'm just talk, vote, vote, vote all the time. What else can I do?
1: Um. Well, listen, I think that I think that's the most important thing that, that you can do. So, so, let let me first show you a respect and appreciation for that. Um. The, the second thing I, I would say is, hey, um, you know, we're in a society where you know p- politics is so polarizing, and I won't say that, that that it shouldn't be polarizing at a point in time because when you're discussing sure. things that, that that are true to people's identity, it can be polarizing. Um. But I think it is for the people like myself that has an inherently pragmatic perspective, and you know, f- folks like you that can sit down with folks on the other side of the aisle um, to stand in the gap and, and try to speak some truth to to, to, uh, to this information. because you have folks who um you know you know if you're a woman right now and you and you hear people trying to take away your your reproductive rights it might be very difficult for you to have a rational conversation with someone because you feel as if you're under attack You know, you're a member of the LGBTQ community and you see people talking about what what they're going to do to trans rights and et cetera, et cetera. It might be difficult for you to have a rational conversation Mm -hmm. and explain certain things to people because, again, you feel like you're under attack. So I think there's a responsibility for us who 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 as a man, even though I'm a black man, as a man, I, I, I do stand here in some privilege here. I I think it's responsibility.
0: Do I? And then that's what I love. How you're 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 calling me out, and you're helping me to know because I get to be in a space where people uh, people who are who do not have the privilege that I have, and do not have the complexion that I have, Mm -hmm. and do not have the gender, and uh, as a male heterosexual, I have that space that I can talk to and and be able to claim that space.
1: And, And that's all it is. Hey. You know, whether it's a cousin, a a family member, a friend a family member that, you know, has some 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 crazy perspective, of your opinion. Hey, let's have a conversation. Yes. Even if I can't change your vote, let me see if I can change your heart, because, yep. because especially, you know, I think that Texas will be blue regardless of whether or not we can turn Republicans over. Um, I, I think that I think that there's black voters, brown voters, new voters coming in from different states that we can empower. So it's not it's not necessarily about getting red votes turned blue. It's about okay, after it occurs, how are we going to govern and how are we going to actually function? Because I don't gotcha. want to live in a political war forever. So we gotta have somebody, and I think that's where people like you and I can come in and say, hey. We got to we, we got to end the polarization. You can't use these words. You cannot call people these things. You cannot say these things. We got to meet a way where we can come together and at least have some conversation. Yep. Because if not, it's always going to be a war. And, and, and I have no desire to live in a war zone.
0: Thank you, Gamo. Thank you. Um, I, I, I have enjoyed this immensely. You've given me an opportunity to get a window into your soul, into your resilience and your pragmatism and your intelligence. And that's a graceful indeed. Thank you for giving me this time today.
1: Hey, I, I appreciate it. And thank you for having me on, man.
0: All right. Thank you, everybody. And we'll see you next time. This episode of Reasonably Spontaneous Conversation was brought to you by In Search of the New Compassionate Male. For more information, go to newcompassionatemail.com.